Happy weekend, folks. In old podcast time, it is December 15th, 2016. In modern podcast time, it's 2020. One thing that has not changed between 2016 and 2020 is how porta potties work. Uh, It's an interesting topic, believe it or not. I remember really enjoying this episode. I uh, don't really enjoy porta potties, but it's uh, it's kind of a neat thing to research, believe it or not. So give it a listen, why don't you? How porta potties work. Welcome to Stuff You Should Know, a production of iHeartRadio's How Stuff Works. Hey, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Josh Clark. There's Charles W. Chuck Bryant, Jerry, Master Ace. Roland, <laughs> uh, and this is stuff you should know. Yeah, poopy edition. This one's gonna get disgusting. Yeah, I mean, I don't think you need trigger warnings when the title of the episode is is got porta potty in it, but um, mm-hmm. we'll just throw it out there. We're gonna be talking about poop and pee. Yeah. Yep. And so, if you're having lunch, maybe just put that uh, chili dog down. You gag easily. Yeah. You know? Sure. Yeah. Okay, well, Chuck, <laughs> I don't think we can put it off any longer. Yeah, that kind of petered out. Um, I kind of like how this article actually starts, though, by Dave Ruse. He talks about the taste of Chicago. Oh, is this a Ruse jam? Yes, it is. He's good. So he talks about how if you go to the taste of Chicago, right? Every every July, they hold it at the uh, Grant Park al- alongside the lake. When was our show there, by the way? Was that July? Uh, no, it was chillier than that. I think it was October. Okay, they had something had happened in Grant Park because I remember seeing hundreds and hundreds of porta potties on the mm-hmm. drive-in. Oh, really? Yeah. So some- maybe they just always have them there. No, I don't think so. No. Okay. Well, the, for the uh, taste of Chicago, they definitely have porta potties. In fact, for 2014, and we should say there's like a million people that come through this thing over the course of the week. Yeah, it's a lot of folks. It really is. Have you ever been to Atlanta's taste of anything? Uh, no, I haven't either. I don't think it's. I don't think a million people show up for it. Though. No, it makes me want to go try Chicago's. Me too. Um, but so you got a million people. Um, and Service Sanitation Inc., which is the company that landed the porta potty contract, crunched the numbers, looked at the food that was going to be there, <laughs> uh, said, You're going to have some beer? Yeah. Yeah, okay. They carried the one and they came up with 380 regular porta potties. Yeah. 28 wheelchair accessible porta potties. Good. And 80 hand washing stations that have soap and fresh running water. Not bad. Right. So here's the thing. Like, that's great. They delivered all those things. But had they just walked away and said, see you at the end of Taste of Chicago, it would have been a living nightmare for everyone involved. Yeah, that would be, it would be more than the Taste of Chicago. (laughs) It'd be the sickening (laughs) smell of Chicago. (laughs) Yeah, that would have been bad because, uh, well, we'll get into it, but porta potty sometimes... You can leave them, come back a week later, and just take them away. If it's like a a temporary work site or something. But sometimes when you're selling beer and chili, you need to come at the end of every day and clean those suckers out. Yes. And that's what they did. They came 
at night when everyone was sleeping. Yeah. From well, I guess if you went to bed at nine p.m. <laughs> <laughs> That's when I'm sleeping. <laughs> but they would come every night from nine a, nine p.m. to three a.m. and they would work. And here's the thing: like porta potties, it turns out I was overthinking them. I thought there was maybe a little more going on. No, they are <laughs> they like are what? self. I don't. I really don't know what I thought. It escaped me as as the reality of porta potties sunk in. Uh-huh. My my delusions about them, my illusions about them kind of um, escaped me. They trickled away, and now I can't remember what they were. You've used but, a porta potty, right? Sure, I have. Okay, but I was like holding my breath and like like just barely had my eyes open because I didn't want any germs to get on my eyeballs. <laughs> um, so I wasn't paying that much attention. It's an in and out kind of thing. Right? Yeah. Um, it turns out that, like, when you service a porta potty, what you're doing is you're showing up with a trunk or a truck as a, a tank with a vacuum on it, a pressurized tank, um, and you are sucking the contents out of that porta potty. Yep. And then you put it in the truck, you uh, drive off, and you dump it off at the waste treatment plant of your local city or town. Yep. It's like a gigantic wet vac. Yes, it is. For poo-poo and pee-pee. Yes. And a very dangerous one. I saw at least one story um, in a porta potty trade magazine that uh, <laughs> of somebody who... I read a bunch of those in the last... What episode. was the magazine called? It's called uh, Portable Restroom Operator, or uh, Pro. It's a, it's a good mag, man. They, I actually found um, th- uh, uh, this one issue online going all the way back to 2009 that I was looking for. So they, they're legit. Yeah, but they could have been a little more fun with the name. And pro, well, I think they're they're saying like, "Hey, man, take poke all the fun you want, but <laughs> we're saving your behind." Hey, see that? <laughs> that sounds like a slogan. I th- oh, I'm sure it is. Uh, well, they do point out a couple of the slogans because porta potty companies or uh, porta johns, Jiffy Johns, mm-hmm. Porta Loo if you're in England, Toy Toy if you're in Malaysia. Yeah, uh, they're very famous for having pretty fun punny um, slogans. Right. Like, we're number one in the number two business. <laughs> I know. Not bad. No, it's not bad. No, and one, there's, no there's, one takes care of our business like Mr. John. Sure. I saw that, too. Yeah. Um, there's also one called Got to Go, but it's spelled really impressively. Um, it's G, it's all one word, and it's lowercase, so it's super mod. G-O-T-U with an umlaut. Ooh. G-O. Love it. Hmm. You like that one? Yeah, I, I just I thought you were going in a different direction. I thought it was going to be a little more like G E A U X. No, that's like if it were in Louisiana, maybe. Yeah, that's what I thought. Sure. No, this is this had an umlaut. That's what got me. Well, I know you, <laughs> that's why you love Motley Crue so much. <laughs> sure, it is. <laughs> All right. So, um, should we talk a little bit about the history? I think so. All right. Well, we need to go back to World War II in this case. Mm-hmm. And um, because World War II was going on, there, there, was, there was a need for more poopers, essentially. Right. Because they had, like, manufacturing plants popping up. They had temporary manufacturing plants going up. They had places where they didn't want to build full-service permanent bathrooms. Right. Uh, all over the place all of a sudden, these people needed to go potty. Um, what I saw, I saw a few different origin stories, but the one I saw the most frequently was that the um, 
shipbuilding docks at Long Beach during World War II. Sure. Where they were building warships for the U.S., the um, guys working the docks would have to, or working building the ships, would have to get on a rowboat and go back to the dock to use the bathroom. Yeah, that's no good. And they were like, this is a terrible waste of time. Can we just get something on the ship? So they started building temporary, what amounted to the first porta potties there on the ships for them to use. Yeah, and these first ones, um, you can look up a picture of the Andy Gump. Is that what it's called? I I didn't see. I got to look that up. I think it's the Andy Gump, like one of the, uh, just type in like 1940s porta potty, and there will be a picture, and it's basically this big heavy metal square. Uh, sometimes they were wood, but they were super heavy and they weren't easily transported. Um, they, you know, this is pre uh, using uh, like chemicals, which we'll get into to help mm-hmm. break these, uh, the poo poo down and stuff. So it was just a disgusting affair. I know. I'm overall. having trouble right now. Um, I see the Andy Gump. <laughs> you see it? Wow. It looks like, um, it looks safe to be in. You know what it looks like? It looks like what they used on MASH. Yeah, like the latrine? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Same idea, basically. Yeah. This is just a latrine you could take places. Gotcha. Uh, but I came across this really cool little thing on a website about World War II fighter pilots. Oh, and yeah. um, with World War II came along planes that could stay in these bombers that could stay in the air for a lot longer. Mm-hmm. And they started to think like, hey, these these dudes are up there for like, you know, 10 to 14 hours. Mm-hmm. We have to come up with ways for them to go to the bathroom. Right, yeah. I mean, like, you don't think about that. Like when we nope. did the frostbite episode, I certainly didn't think that they were up there getting frostbite because it was so, you know, cold. I also didn't think that they were up there so long that they couldn't, use the bathroom yeah they had to hold it right so yeah and the the earliest ones were well here's a funnel and it's attached to a tube and it leads out of the plane so go ahead and pee yeah and that's basically just for like the the pilot and co-pilot right this relief tube um after that they're like well what if we have to poop yeah they said can you get your hands on a produce crate And the the crew would say, like, well, yeah, sure, we have a produce crate, of course, but are we commies? And the uh, people in charge would say, well, poop in that. Take that up in the plane and just poop in that, buddy. And maybe wash it out when you get down here and put it back in for later use. Yeah, or maybe just get a new crate. <laughs> I guess, if you're not thrifty. <laughs> uh, eventually, they came up with something called the Elsin, E-E-E-L-S-A-N. It's a chemical toilet, and it was really... Kind of one of the first little porta potties, but if you look up Elson and uh, on the images on Google, you will find that it's it looks like nothing more than a, a metal oil can <laughs> that you sit on. It's basically what it was, pretty much. Yeah, um, but, and you're this, all there exposed. I mean, there's no room that this is in. You're just doing this in front of you know your all your buddies on the plane, right? Like prison. Sure. And that, I mean, that, that Elson toilet was still, I mean, as primitive as it was, it was an advancement, but it had certain problems, right? Like if you were flying through turbulence, yeah, the Elson would spill its contents out into the plane. Yeah. Uh, there's a few quotes here. I'd like to read a couple of these <laughs> okay. from some of these fighter pilots. Um, 
Here's one, and this is from a, a, a British pilot. Uh, while we were flying in rough air, this devil's convenience often shared its contents with the floor of the aircraft, the walls, and ceiling, and sometimes a bit remained in the container itself. <laughs> it doesn't take much imagination to picture what it was like trying to combat fear and air sickness while struggling to remove enough gear in cramped quarters and at the same time trying to use the bloody Elson. If it wasn't an invention of the devil, it certainly might have been one foisted on us by the enemy. When seated in frigid cold amid the cacophony of roaring engines and whistling air, away from what should have been one of life's peaceful moments, <laughs> the occupant had a chance to fully ponder the miserable condition of his life. This loathsome creation invariably overflowed on long trips, and in turbulence was always prone to bathe the nether regions of the user. That's so gross. It was one of the true reminders to me that war is hell. That's so gross. You don't think about this stuff. You hear about all the glory of being like a bomber pilot. You don't think right. about sitting on a can and having your your friends poop and pee slosh up on your fanny. <laughs> Sorry to those in the UK. We fannies, right. Doesn't doesn't even make yeah. sense in that context. <laughs> that means something different here in the US. Right. It means your butt. Right. So uh, yeah, that's the the first I guess chemical toilet, which is a designation of a porta potty, right? Like a porta potty is a chemical toilet, but not all chemical toilets are porta potties. That's right. But a, a chemical toilet is any kind of toilet where you have um, something in there that's intended to break down waste. And actually, it, I don't know that an Elson toilet, I guess it was a chemical toilet, I see now, but that's gross because in addition to getting the rest of the crew's poop and pee slopped up against your rear end, mm -hmm. um, so too were you getting. Very, very hazardous chemicals. Oh, back then, for sure. As well. Yeah. yeah. So that's, uh, that's not good, man. That guy may have had his buttocks removed after the war. <laughs> uh, one of the uses of the toilet, they said that this is supposedly very true, is that some members of the Royal Air Force um, actually jettisoned the Elson toilets uh, with their bomb payload onto German targets. I'll bet. So they would drop these toilets full of poo on the Germans. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was an American, too, who had a, a great quote about peeing through the little hose. <laughs> he said, as the urine uh, ran through the tube, it turned to ice and dropped like topaz-colored hail to the ground. I like to imagine every time I urinated over Germany, my, my acidulous projectile would plink on some Nazi burger's Aryan nose. <laughs> <laughs> Poetry. Yeah, there's some more good stories in here. You should, uh, oh man, I don't remember which website it was. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I'll have, to, I'll have to post that later on Facebook. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I'll tweet it. All right. So that's the the war effort that eventually, ultimately led to the creation of the porta potty right? Yes. And and again, like, there were already latrines, there'd already been outhouses, and the difference between an outhouse and a porta potty is that an outhouse is basically some sort of rigid structure that's intended to be permanent or semi-permanent that's dug over a hole in the ground. Yeah. That's it. A porta potty is a self-contained unit that has a a place where the waste goes and is held inside that unit rather than, like, put into the ground, which is extremely dangerous. It, uh, we learned a very long time ago, 
pooping in holes in the ground is not a good way to go as far as public health is concerned. No, it's not. And that's one of the legitimate um, marks in the favor of porta potties. As gross as as most people who've ever used one thinks they are, they're actually um, quite beneficial to public health. Yeah, and they're green too. Saves a lot of water. Yeah, I saw um, 170 billion liters a year. About 125 million gallons a day in the U.S. alone. Crazy. Yeah. So, um, you want to take a break for a second? Yeah, we'll, we'll break and we'll talk a little bit more about the evolution of the Portageon right after this. All right, Chuckers. So we're talking about the evolution of the portageon. You got the Andy Gump. Mm-hmm. You've got the uh, Elson toilet, and then finally, in actually the '60s, you have what is the what we think of as a porta potty. Um, a patent was developed by a guy named George Harding, um, and he called it for a portable toilet cabana, and it was made from plastic. And um, although he had the patent for it, the guy who actually gets credit for actually creating the first real modern porta john or porta potty was a guy named um, Harvey Heather. Yeah, and he created what's called the strong box. It's <laughs> a great name. Did you see? Have you seen the strong box? Oh yeah. Oh, you did. Uh huh. That's what I went and found the December two thousand nine um, issue of Pro Magazine um, to find because I, I saw a reference that they had published a picture of it and i couldn't find it anywhere else oh yeah those things are ugly yeah it wasn't it wasn't a great looking uh it's not like the the fantastic porta johns they have today yeah just so gorgeous to look at right no this thing was ugly yeah it, it had no alibi uh yeah and these were made of fiberglass which um was good it was lightweight but um and it was sturdy it was as sturdy as metal or wood and it was a lot easier to clean but the problem with the strong box and the fiberglass is it was a big kind of one piece mold um it was dark inside which was not good that's a big drawback uh they weren't stackable as far as transporting them mm-hmm. and so that just made it really expensive to uh get them where they needed to go and back again it did, and the fact that like it was completely opaque, um, and there was no light that could get in—that's that's an issue. Plus, I also get the impression that the floors could get pretty slick, and you could fall and die of positional asphyxiation Ugh. in a portageon. Yeah, and they were also fiberglass is pretty fragile, so they would break a lot. Uh, fiberglass absorbs odors, which was not good. Mm, no. Uh, and so shortly after the fiberglass came along, someone said, you know what? How about polyethylene? Um, this is what we will use. And George Harding, uh, who you mentioned, co-founded the Polyjohn Corporation. Mm-hmm. And he started building the polyethylene portable toilets that were much better because they lasted longer. They would last like a decade. Um, oh, yeah. Although I would not want to use a nine-year-old Porta John. <laughs> well, so the, that picture of the strong box that was published in Pro Magazine apparently had been out in service. It was still in service, and it had been built like 30 years before. Well, wow. 
Yeah, you would know that your company could not have cared less about you if you show up to your job site and there's a strong box there. Yeah. And that's what you're expected to use. With all of the, with all of the possible choices that your company uh, could choose from, and they went with the strong box, they don't care about you no. or your happiness. No. Uh, the polyethylene, the other good thing about them was they were assembled into different parts and pieces. So it made them a lot easier to transport, a lot cheaper. Uh, and if a part broke, you might be able to replace it. Oh, yeah, that, that is kind of good. Yeah. Makes sense. So hooray for polyethylene toilets. But one of the things that George Harding um, created in his patent that I noticed was a ventilation system. Yeah, this is a big improvement, right? For sure. Because when you're just piling human waste upon human waste into a hole, um, that it's going to create gases, noxious gases, because bacteria is going to start decomposing that waste and as a byproduct of that decomposition they're going to produce what we see what we experience as rotting fecal material right yeah it's not just that it's stinky it's dangerous it is dangerous and as that gas tries to find a way to escape upward if the only hole available to it is the toilet that you're pooping or peeing into mm -hmm. those gases are going to come out of it and you're going to vomit while you poop or pee as well. Oh, so man. what George Harding had, I told you this one was going to be gross. What George Harding figured out was that if you could just basically create a pipe venting off that gas upward and out of the porta potty, people would be willing to use porta potties a lot more and that was a huge improvement. Yeah, he also said, how about we make this uh rooftop uh translucent white mm -hmm. so we can let in some natural light at least. Why don't we improve the flooring so that it's not as slippy. And um, maybe even further down the line, we'll have porta-potties that have a little urinal that's separate so you don't even have to sit your butt down mm -hmm. on that most horrid of places. Right. Yep. What about the roll-around toilet? Did you see these? Yeah, those, I mean, they, they make sense. So basically, if you are on like a, a job site, right, um, where there are... Uh, like different multiple stories being built and you're up on one of the higher stories, it's the same thing as when you're working in the shipyards building a ship. You don't want to have to come all the way down to use the bathroom. Yeah. So they created porta potties that were a lot more mobile that could be um, hoisted by cranes Yeah. Um, just to different, uh, different levels. Yeah, if you uh, look up roll-around toilet, it basically looks like one of those um, coolers that has the two wheels and the handle, and you could pull the cooler around, mm -hmm. except it's larger, and um, sitting above the wheels is a is a urinal. Right. I don't see how you go poopy in those, though. Maybe maybe that's when you go downstairs. Uh, yeah, I don't know either. I because think it's just, not enclosed or anything. I mean, it's just wide open. Just like prison. Yeah. <laughs> and there's actually a great, um, a great scene from, I think, the first Police Academy, starring our friend in... Twitter follower Steve Gutenberg. Goots. <laughs> and um, I think it's Mauser who uses a porta potty, and Steve Gutenberg goes over and gets um, some crane operator to yeah. lend him the crane. And no, it's Mauser's um, his right hand man. I don't remember that guy's name, but they lift the porta potty up while he's inside using it. It's hilarious. It's wacky, wacky stuff ensues. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then if you really are living the good life, or you have a 
uh, maybe a really nice upscale wedding that's out in a remote area, you don't want to bring in just even the nicest polyethylene portageon won't do. Uh, you will bring in what we call in the, in the movie business a honey wagon. <laughs> um, it is a restroom trailer, and these are actually nice. They are have running water. They have stalls. They have porcelain uh, toilets. Uh, it's all partitioned. They have sinks and running water and mirrors, hand towels. It's like a rolling trailer full of toilets. Yeah. Like you can breathe through your nose in these things. You could lay down on the floor if you wanted. Yeah, and apparently these first started in 1984, uh, Polyjohn in Columbus, Ohio. Go Buckeyes. Oh, yeah. yeah. Nice. And uh, the original trailer was eight stalls, or as we said in the movie business, an eight-banger. that <laughs> uh, had three urinals, and it was 32 feet long. Wow. And now there are 19 companies manufacturing luxury restroom trailers around the world today. Yeah, I saw one in, um, like that they market for like outdoor weddings and stuff like that. Sure. And they said all you need are, like I think, six outlets, maybe 620-volt outlets yeah. uh, and like a standard garden hose connection. And you got yourself a luxury porta potty trailer. Yeah, for your next remote black tie event. <laughs> right. Which, I mean, even people in black tie got to pee. Yeah, sure. So you might as well take it easy on them with a nice Lux trailer. That's right. So speaking of, Chuck, you want to you take a break? Yeah, I'm going to go to a real bathroom. <laughs> That's good. And, and hug it. And I'm going to get a crane operator to play a prank on you. <laughs> All right, we'll be right back. Okay, Chuck. Yep. We can't put it off any longer. We got to go inside. <laughs> we're going to go inside. Deep dive into the bowels of the porta pot. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Okay. You ready? Yeah. Got your snorkel? Yep. Okay. So when you look into a porta potty, you may notice that the the stuff that's inside the bowl or inside the holding tank yeah. is blue. Yeah. And, it's, and brown. <laughs> sure. Yeah. But it's more blue than brown. And that's no accident. That's right. Any porta potty is going to use a deep blue dye in the entire purpose from beginning to end of the blue dye is to visually mask the presence of human feces. Yeah, they don't they don't want you looking down there and seeing uh if it was just like clear. Mm -hmm. Like it's already disgusting. <laughs> you're you're getting the full experience from the smell alone. You don't need the visual. Yeah. And and you don't poop in these things, do you? Oh, no. Okay. No, I I think I would just put my pants and walk around instead. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't think I would. I, I certainly don't remember ever pooping in it. It's possible I blacked out that uh, memory, but I don't think I ever have. It yeah, like, like the me. first Lollapalooza, right? Uh, I the only time I pooped in these, I'm sure there's been like some extreme emergency, mm -hmm. but the only time I can really recall is when Emily and I were getting our master bath built at our house. Oh no! Um, we had an our 
own, uh, we had another little bathroom, kind of, you know, a little small guest bathroom, mm-hmm. and we shared that. And then we had a construction toilet on site because they were doing construction. Right. And so I would get up in the mornings because I didn't want to, I wanted to be a good husband, you know. Yeah. And not ruin Emily's day and morning um, by getting in there first. So I would, I would get my newspaper and I would walk outside <laughs> in my slippers and, and use the port john <laughs> in, nice. my, in my driveway every morning. But, I mean, I guess it was pretty clean. It was yours, right? Yeah, it was great. It was me and, like, you know, two or three dudes. There you go. That is that is doable. Festival? Oh, no. Taste of Chicago? No. Like, yes, there's there are, like, of course, like, surely, if you're sharing a porta potty with a couple of other people that you have to look in the eye here or there, you're going to take care of it. <laughs> right. But if it's random drunk strangers or people on drugs or something like that, yeah. you, uh, it's going to get messy awfully fast. Yeah. And, and again, as more and more people use it, that blue dye becomes more and more important. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yes, it does. There's also going to be a fragrance that they're going to add yeah. to hopefully mask the odor. And apparently, it just again, makes it worse. Well, I was reading in some uh, some trade magazines, and I haven't experienced it myself, but I did get the impression that they have come a, a long way as far as fragrance goes. Yeah. Like I saw, um, you can get bubblegum fragrance. Oh, God. <laughs> Which doesn't sound good. Vanilla? Ugh. Um, Lasagna? <laughs> <laughs> that comes from just standard use of the taste of Chicago. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know me with fragrances, period. It's, yeah, I'm with you. It, it's even worse to me. Um, everything bagel? <laughs> <laughs> no, but like I, I came across this site and there's like a Jaguar brand porta potty fragrance additive, and they have like any fragrance you can imagine. New car? <laughs> right. Wow. Uh, and then the final, uh, final thing you're going to see down there or that it's going to be down there are biocides uh, to kill the bacteria and microbes. And um, it used to be that they would use formaldehyde mm-hmm. uh, to take care of that. But more and more wastewater treatment plants um, started saying, hey, we can't properly dispose of that stuff now. It's right. a carcinogen, and we don't feel good about it. So they've been phasing that out over the years, going a little greener. Mm-hmm. And now um, they actually use enzymes like beneficial enzymes and microbes yeah. that feed on this stuff. Right. They feed, they, they help break down the poop and they also feed on the bacteria that causes the smells, right? Yeah. So they're making the poop inert, but they're also naturally cutting down on smells, which I just find fascinating. Yeah. Um, they also, since it's capable of breaking down um, bacteria, it's also capable of breaking down um, any organic material. So the, if you use the right kind of toilet paper, they'll break down the toilet paper as well. Yeah, it's just basically magic in in a porta potty. Yeah, and they the other benefit there is they don't need to be emptied as often um, mm-hmm. if it's doing the job like it should. Right. Yeah, um, weather has an effect. Uh, obviously, if you're in Georgia in the hot summer, mm. uh, things are going to get even worse. I imagine Chicago in July is probably no picnic either. Mm-hmm. And the Taste of Chicago. No one's going to go to the Taste of Chicago anymore. <laughs> They're like, attendance dropped by 20% this year. We don't know what's going on. Uh, but when temperatures go up, bacteria go to work even harder, and things are just going to smell even worse. Okay. So they might actually use more chemicals in the summer um, or more chemicals, especially if it's a summer festival. Right. And then conversely, I saw this, I guess it was a, blog post by a um, porta potty worker 
that was published on Cracked. And um, they they basically just went over most of the stuff you can imagine, but just crazy stuff that they found. Um, but one of the things that they made reference to is that the worst thing that they can encounter is um, fr- uh, frozen waste. Yeah. Because they said once that happens, you have to break it up by hand. <sighs> so to protect, to defend their people from having to do this, they um, – well, typically in colder colder areas during the winter, they'll they'll create a briny mixture. Yeah, that will have a lower um, freezing temperature, like the Minnesota Ice Fishing Festival. Right, but eventually you're going to reach a, a point where it's cold enough that it's it's freezing, no matter how much salt you add to it. Yeah, and I did see one of their little uh, tricks of the trade is they put a, uh, a a cake of this rock salt in the urinal, mm-hmm. so you go pee pee on it, and as you pee pee on it, it just adds a little more salt slowly throughout the day. Right. The only issue with those is that you have to keep the deer away because they love salt licks. <laughs> you like that one? Yeah. Sort I'm of. ashamed of basically every <laughs> joke I've made this whole episode. <laughs> I don't feel good about myself right now. All right. So uh, let's finish up by talking about the, the really the worst part of this. If you're one of like eight people still listening. <laughs> right. Uh, if you're still listening, then... We'll finish up with the worst part, which is servicing these things. And we talked about it. It's like a wet vac. You suck it out, drive it to a wastewater plant, but uh, you have to add new water. You have to add new blue junk uh, and some more dry solution. And yeah, I, saw, I saw like a ratio of one to one, oh. fresh water to <laughs> solution. We don't want to mess that up. No. Uh, and you think like, all right, so that's pretty gross and everything, but, um, especially at like a music festival or something, there's stuff everywhere. Like you've been in these, there's, there's urine everywhere. There's poop in places where you think like, what in the world was someone doing in there? Mm -hmm. And they have to be cleaned out by somebody. It's an awful job. Yeah. There's, um, stuff that people drop down there. Like if you used a sock to wipe your bottom with and you just deposit the sock into the porta potty, that's going to gum up the, uh, the tank or the pump. Um, so they have to get that kind of stuff out first. What about your cell phone? Cell phone? Yeah, apparently they find all sorts of stuff, especially things like phones, wallets full of cash, jewelry, drugs. A gun? Yeah, guns. Uh, I that cracked guy said that um, he had a friend who showed up at a porta potty where they just found a body. Oh my god! Yeah, um, in the thing? No, in the porta potty, not in the actual oh. hole. Okay, that's just cruel. Yeah, but um, yeah, they find all sorts of stuff because almost everybody would say, "Well, that's gone. I'll just have to get a new identity because I dropped my whole wallet in the porta potty." <laughs> Actually, I saw a stat where five percent of people that go into porta potties don't come out at all. So, <laughs> right. the dead body uh, scenario makes sense. They end up in that other dimension of, from phantasm. <laughs> uh, and then our article says the the worst case scenario, if you're a porta potty service person, mm-hmm. is uh, that the porta potty. Well, there's two worst case. One worse and one way worse. One is if it just gets knocked over either by a car hitting it or the wind or some jerk who thinks it's funny. That's not cool. Knocks it not cool at all. Knocks it over on purpose. But the ultimate, ultimate worst is if it tips over uh, on its door. 
That's its Achilles heel. Any porta potty's Achilles heel. Yeah. Because what happens? All of the stuff that's in the holding tank gets dumped out when it's facing on its front on the door. All of the stuff is liable to come out. And it does, especially when they pick it back up. It just sloshes around everywhere. Yeah. And the poor porta potty service operator has to wash this thing out. And those are the worst. Like it it like somebody can put poop like on the ceiling or on the walls or something, that's pretty bad. Yeah. But when it falls on its front on the door and everything sloshes out, it gets everywhere. So you have to like get inside to clean the whole thing. And at the very least, it takes them a lot more time and screws up their entire day's schedule. At the worst, they're in there cleaning a filthy porta potties nook and crannies from the inside. Yeah, I would just say it fell off the truck. Boss, right? Sorry, <laughs> it, it's in that phantasm dimension, boss. Didn't the it's guys from uh, Jackass do one of these? Like, put one of them in there and tip it over or something? I uh, yeah, I'm sure. I yeah. think they did that when they were like four. <laughs> yeah, I think they did. Like, had a crane lift it and turn it over or something. I don't know. No, you're thinking Police Academy, and also Police Academy geeks. You don't have to write in. It was Police Academy three. No, oh, I was about to say I didn't. I don't remember that. I that did not see one. three. You didn't see pl- what? Nah, I'm a, I think I petered out after two. Even three might have been the best of all of them. <laughs> Which is that? What was the full name of it? Uh, Citizens on Patrol. Okay, <laughs> it's the one where Bob Goldthwaite like goes over from his life of crime to being a a, a junior police academy guy. Yeah, I love it's, Bob Goldthwaite, but it's good. He's great. Can we stop? Sure, man. <laughs> okay. Oh, we have to say, you got anything else? No. Okay, Chuck. Oh, done. actually, I do. <laughs> no. If you see these porta potty service people oh, yeah. in your neighborhood, if there's construction going on, you see them bring in the truck, mm-hmm. just flash a nice smile, give them a tip of the cap. It's a really gnarly job. And like they say, somebody's got to do it. They're making a living. Like they've got a job. They went out and got that job to make Plus- money and provide for their family. And don't forget, they're defending public health, yeah. and they're saving a significant amount of water. Yeah. So there you go. Nice, Chuck. All right. Good way to finish. Uh, if you want to know more about porta potties, you can type those that hyphenated word on the search bar at howstuffworks.com. And since I said hyphen, it's time for listener mail. I'm going to call this quick John Cleese uh, correction. Or hey. John Cleese. <laughs> exactly. Congratulations on an absolutely marvelous episode concerning Monty Python, guys. It's great to hear so much of the history of the group. Well done. Uh, One bit of information. I happened to see John Cleese present a one-man show a few years ago in Carmel, California. He just stood on stage and talked for about 75 minutes. Um, Boy, that's a good gig. Mm -hmm. Uh, He discussed his life in general, Python in particular, and lots of things, uh, other things. He uh, noted that his name is pronounced to rhyme with cheese rather than fleece. Uh, in fact, his surname was originally Cheese, but his father changed it to Cleese. That's so awesome. Uh, this was a good thing for the son being named John because he did not want to go by Jack Cheese. Yeah, I guess not. So it's John Cleese. Never knew that. That's from David Hewitt. Yeah, and um, I also want to say, Chuck, somebody called us out for not mentioning Carol Cleveland. She was, for all intents and purposes, the seventh member of Monty Python. Yeah, we felt terrible because she was in our notes and we 
mentioned her and lavished praise on her in our run-through that we did mm-hmm. in the studio. And it was just one of those live show things that, that got by us. Yeah. So sorry, Carol Cleveland. Yeah. We, uh, we Hats off to you. We appreciate your work, and we're sorry we left you out. Agreed. Uh, if you want to get in touch with me or Chuck, you can tweet to us. I'm at Josh M. Clark, and there's also SYSK Podcast. Chuck's at Charles W. Chuck Bryant on Facebook and at Stuff You Should Know on Facebook. You can send the both of us and Jerry an email to stuffpodcast at howstuffworks.com. And as always, hang out with us at our home on the web, stuffyoushouldknow.com. Stuff You Should Know is a production of iHeartRadio's How Stuff Works. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Listener.